When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. We told you it might have been the last podcast, but it wasn't because we were victorious in the FA Cup final against that little team from West London called Chelsea. And I am obviously hosting today because Boyd Hilton is all the way over in America. But Boyd, you're on the line by the virtues of Skype. Yep, I'm here. I'm uh, I'm in um, Spain. I'm in Gran Canaria, but I, I, I'm hearing you loud and clear. I definitely thought you were in America, Boyd. This is a terrible start. No. Why do we think... <laughs> You thought I was in America? I didn't even hear you say that. That sounds ha- that's how good the line is. You can bear no, I'm in Gran Canaria. Gran Canaria. What are you doing yeah. there? Is that was that I'm your on just, holiday? Just post FA Cup semi final FA Cup final celebration. Yeah, I needed to. I needed time to process the whole thing. So I thought uh, a week in Gran Canaria is what I'll do. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. All right, well, the, the other two voices, hopefully the line to Boyd will, will hold. We've got Alan Alger with us, who will Hi, later be able to tell us that Arsenal are bigger than 4-6 to six to win the FA Cup final <laughs> on Saturday. And we've got the man who will be delighted more than anyone that Arsenal is staying, because it's two more years of impressions for Luke Kempner. Hello, hello, yes, thank you very much. It's very good to be here. And uh, yes, of course, I'm very happy to be signing for two years and very nice to meet Alan Alger at last, uh, <laughs> one of my biggest fans. So, yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, and, and hello, Boyd from Gran Canaria. I hope you uh, have got a cocktail ready for me. Any cocktails there, Boyd? If he had that, uh, yeah, that's just they were just arriving with my um, with my daily cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound like you are. You, I don't, I, you know, haven't prepared this too much, but it does sound like you are kind of in, you on a balcony. Just give us a bit of context here. I am on a balcony. Yeah, well, I've got like yeah, I've got two balconies, and I'm on one of them, and I'm overlooking the sea. Uh, which see the Mediterranean, I think it probably is, and um, and yeah, it's lovely. Why do yeah. you have two balconies? <laughs> One's enough for most. Well, Pro- probably the Atlantic yeah, you got have two. There. Is it the Atlantic? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much I know. Um, <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Um, well, let yeah, it that no, you got two balconies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, God. Yeah, you got to have two balconies. That's the whole point. All right. Yeah. Well, look, boy- and I've got, I've got. Let me just say this: I've got a roll-top bath overlooking the sea. 
Ooh, How about that? It's tremendous. That's well, an image I want yeah. in my head. Well, all we've got here is a, a ginger beer from Pret between the three of us right now. So you're you're miles wow. ahead of us in terms of uh, setting. Now, listen, boy, you were there obviously on on Saturday. I, I saw some pictures yeah. you put up on social media. You were you were down in the thick of it. Yeah, we were right down um, by the by the pitch. Yeah, brilliant seats in like in the in the corner, um, thanks to Dermot, obviously. Um, and it was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like one of the great, one of the all-time great days as an Arsenal fan, yeah. And now, well, that's been scuppered a few days later by the announcement of today of Arsenal Vanger carrying on. Two more years, two more years. Yeah, but it was it was unbelievably fantastic. Yeah, I loved every minute of it. Where were you? Well, well I, w- I was behind the goal, and I must say, I sound like a massive football snob, but the previous two FA Cup finals, I- I'd been, you know, I'd ended up in hospitality, not really through choice, but that yeah, that was what was available. Whereas this year, I was behind the goal, about 28 rows up, and thank you to uh, Darren for sorting out the tickets um, and being on Ticketmaster, we're in a bit of a rush to get lower tier. It was brilliant. I mean, it was just the, the atmosphere behind behind the goal. It, it was loud. It was noisy, and you felt in the thick of it. And it was it was an absolute joy. And I would not say it was scuppered in the uh, days that have followed. But we'll, we'll come on to that um, in due course. Now, you and I are obviously there, boy. But let's get the context of, of Luke and Alan, who were both in, in different settings again. Firstly, Alan, you 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 were at the situation which nobody wants to be at on Cup Final Day, with due respect to whoever's wedding it was. Absolutely, yeah, a wedding that I got an invite for in about January and looked at the dates and thought, okay, that might present a bit of a problem. And the guy who was getting married is it's my dad's best friend's son. So we've grown up together. I mean, he's almost like, you know, an additional part of the family. But he supports Welling United from the, the Conference South and their season finishes something like April 29th, something like that. So he's obviously no thought of anyone being at a football match even that far ahead. But probably should have looked at the FA Cup final considering that he was marrying a girl from Essex who's half the family supported Chelsea. So they were all there looking at their phones during the uh, during the speeches. Um, and uh, we, you know, there's a fair smattering of Arsenal fans there as well. And yeah, the, the, the news was just being relayed to us every now and again from people's phones as the speeches were going on. I'm not sure what the top table thought of that, but um, I then recorded the game and... Watched it the following day with none of the fear of missing all those chances that was going to cost us. Can I say that since I've been going to games, which is when I'm about four or five. Now, think about this. (laughs) Any final that I've missed, we haven't lost. Okay, so I've been to lots of finals that we've won and I've been to a few finals that we've lost. But if I miss a final, we always win it. Which is probably so good strategy for the, for the next. You took one for the team for the next Champions League final. Yeah. So, we, so I've missed. I'm, I think that I can give you the the three finals that I've missed down the years. It was the United win on penalties final. 05. It was uh, the Palmer final in the Cup Winners Cup ninety four. And it was this final. So I've I've only missed three finals in my Arsenal going life, oh. and we've won all three of them. It's a good ratio. I mean, generally being quite good at finals, though, in, in recent years. Because Luke and I, just before we, we came in, we're just referencing where we've obviously we lost to uh, Birmingham, lost to Liverpool, lost to Barcelona and Galatasaray. I think those are the four final defeats under Arsene Wenger, but definitely more wins than defeats. And Luke, you were, you were watching at home. Yeah, I was at home. I was with uh, my uh, mate who's a... Um 
he's a massive football fan, but he doesn't support a team. Uh, but he does hate Chelsea, so we were sort of joined with that. And he just wasn't quite getting into uh, my celebrations with me. But it was, it, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was tense. And I, I was just saying to Alan, like, it felt a little bit like a game of FIFA where you play really, really well, but you still lose. And when, and then when we went ten men, like, and that happens on FIFA as well. As soon as you go down to ten men, they, that the other team goes down to ten men, they suddenly immediately are better. And then they scored, and I was sitting there going, no, no. But the the fantastic thing was that we got ahead so quickly after. So there was none of that sort of nervous tension of like Chelsea trying to shut the game down to take it to penalties. And, and oh God, it was, it was incredible. Well, look, it's actually, it was better than it just finishing 1-0. The fact that they had yeah. that brief moment of, of potential comeback with 10 men and they thought, oh, we've got them. Mentally, they've got mm. Arsenal yet again. And then yeah, one, def- one yeah. I don't know, Boyd, you, you're a big fan yeah. of Olivier Giroud. You must have been delighted to sort of <laughs> see him come on the pitch quite, quite near. And then 38 seconds yeah. into his, his time on the pitch, he put in that delicious he, ball and it was a goal. He did. He made an immediate impact. Um, very, very, absolutely. And I was still for him and um, very good substitution by Wenger. But I have to say, I thought Danny Welbeck had a fantastic game. And as it always happens, really, when it comes down to, at least in recent years, when it really comes to the crucial games, Wenger does not pick Giroud, which then leads you to think, why the fuck has he been picking him as pretty much our main centre-forward consistently, year after year after year? And, you know, yeah, he knows. Deep down, he knows. You know, Welbeck's better. He knows all, obviously knows Alexis is better. Why do we have to put up with the mediocrity? So I'm still furious about Giroud, or more of the way Wenger uses him. Um, but it was a lovely moment for him. I'm pleased for him. But I want to ask Luke, having watched it on TV, because I, I watched the match, obviously I was, we were there, and then I had to go to my friend's birthday party, which was that night. And so I can't really have time. I have to go on holiday the next day. It's a tough life, It's a tough life. But I recorded, every, not only did I record the game, obviously I recorded all the build-up. Did, did Luke, did you watch all the build-up? I did, the yeah. Was it any good? Yeah? It all was, the highlights. It's a shame in, uh, you know, I know it's been said a, a, a lot before, but it's a shame that you don't have that same sort of build-up that it used to be like when I was growing up. And, you know, they sort of started this build-up and it wasn't really proper build-up for the game. It was sort of looking at... Uh, it's it sort of local football fans winning a chance to get to the get to get to go and see the final, which wasn't particularly interesting. But then Omid Jalili did a look back at um, all the football sketches down the years, which was really good fun, and, and that was really great. And, and it made you sort of go, why don't they still do more of those? Um, and yeah. it was good. It, built, it builds the excitement, and, and you know, and as the game started, I started to believe that we were going to win the game yeah. because, as you do, yeah. before, as the game's building up, you get more and more excited. Well, you. you you, you, yeah. you on Twitter had been really positive in the days leading up. You had said you were confident. And also, to be fair to you, Boyd, you, you also yeah. last week claimed that we were going to win the yeah. game. Yeah, I, I thought we'd win. Yeah, I did think, I, th- I do, th- I think, and I think, you know, I don't want to, I'm not saying, you know, I told you so, but I do think we, we it felt like we wanted it more than them. I did, I did feel like even, even though they're going for the double, and I think maybe it's partly because the double is less of a big deal now than it was, you know, when we won it, um, all those times. Um, it just felt like, their players hadn't really hadn't really come to terms with what, you know, how amazing it might be to win the double. And so I think for us, it was like, every, I felt every single player um, on the day performed almost to their, to their limit, um, to the, you know, to the best of their capability. And again, you know, you, you're like, well, why can't, why does this happen once every, you know, six months rather than every other week? But it was unbelievable. One, one more question to Luke is where there was a big Arsene Wenger interview, wasn't there on, during the day, during the build-up, mm, yeah. 
what was the highlight of that? It was the high. I mean, for me, because I'm a big Arsene Wenger fan, um, I'm not making eye contact with Alan right now. Um, but uh, but he, he um, it was when he was sort of talking about the criticism he's received from the from yeah. referring to the fans. It annoyed me because a lot of Twitter then said, "Oh, Wenger says the criticisms he's received has been uh, an outrage." And um, what was the word that he used? Uh, horrendous. Despicable, horrendous. horrendous. But he wasn't talking about the media. He was sort of saying, "Look, I accept that, but what I don't." except is I think he's probably referring to planes flying over and people calling him a sea next yeah. Tuesday and yeah. and all the rest of it. And yeah. to be honest with you, I, I agree with that. Like he was saying that no human being deserves that and right. and I don't think yeah. he's right. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, what was interesting was also after that interview got out, it seemed to almost support the idea that maybe maybe this was going to sort of get towards the end. Maybe he is sort of lashing out as he comes to the end. And there was a rumour going around. I got a text off... Um, um, one of the former players who was doing media work that day saying someone pretty prominent in, in UK sort of football media circles was, was telling people that he'd, he'd heard that Wenger was going to announce he was off after the game. Well, there, so it there was, was all weird, flying around. There were some weird things that he said in the post-match um, interviews and stuff when he was on the pitch and he was sort of referring to the team as them and they need to keep this... And I know you're probably reading too much into it and I was going, oh, maybe he's going. Maybe he's going after all, but no, he's, he's, he's there. I mean, the one thing, we still don't know why we didn't know, do we? I mean, obviously, they've, you know, no, he's, know. he's staying for yeah, two more years and, and, and there's still no more clarity. And, and Alan, I mean, this was something that was a betting market for a long time. And even yeah. I looked at it on Cup Final, when I got that text suggesting that maybe he's going to leave, I thought, I'll have a look. Maybe there's been something in the betting. Is it, is it moved? And it, I don't think it had massively. It was still heavily odds on that he was expected to stay. That, is, that, is that the case? Yeah. Um, at Betway, we were always the right side of it. We always thought he was staying. It was my personal view. I gave that to our traders and they they sort of trusted me on it but with my Arsenal uh, hat on and up until the final we were 20 to 1 on which is as near as you know um you know something bad happening so um you know we were we were absolutely certain he was staying win lose or draw on Saturday and I don't think you'll ever know whether we've been proved right to an extent that it had been decided all along and you know, there was a question on uh, another podcast that I did saying, did, do you think the players were told just before the game that he was staying and go and do it for him or they had any inkling? And, and I can't be sure there either. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, the betting market had had him as heavily, heavily odds on stay. But there was there was a little murmur halfway through that day. I don't know whether your contact uh, that you were speaking to, you know, had that inkling from somewhere else and, gave it to someone that was uh, quite prominent in betting because I got asked a couple of times for odds on him to go just before they announced him to stay. So I don't know whether someone actually got out the reverse of the rumour or thought that, that he sure. was going. That was, was fascinating. Uh, and look, um, Boydo, in terms of um, ahead of a game, I, I went with, with Ben, who obviously has you know, been done, done the podcast for many years with you. And we were sort of looking at that team. Yeah. We're looking at that three central defenders. And, and it was an odd situation, wasn't it? Because effectively, we, here we are playing three centre-backs and looking at numbers four, five and six in the queue. No Koscielny, no Mustafi, yeah. no Gabriel. Yeah. We've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain coming in at left wing back, which is you know, probably not in his top three positions you'd put him on a football pitch if he had a choice of, of where to play. And yet, they were all, as you said earlier, just all, all magnificent. And actually, it wasn't the easiest to pick a man of the match at all. No. Who, who, who would you yeah. pick out on the day as, as who you'd have had? I think I would have picked Murtasaki, yeah. I mean, he was, he was absolutely phenomenal. It was... It was um, you did get this, don't you, once in a while. I think, like, even though it was thrillingly good how everyone played and how 
the defence was generally. And, you know, these, you know, per motorcycle, we never would have played in, I mean, you know, it was the first time our actual captains played for years, you know, started yeah. the game in classic Arsenal style. But, um, sometimes you just get these things, don't you, where everyone rises to the occasion and almost like, I do think almost, I'm saying this with hindsight, obviously, but I do think all of that, all of the fact that we've got this patched up defence and Perma Sakamaki's first start for years and even Ospina, which I was furious about, absolutely furious about, and I still think he was he was responsible for their goal. Um, that, that um, it, the whole thing felt like everyone's kind of, you know, just trying their very best and almost kind of inspired by the fact that it was backs against the wall and, you know, we're not favourites and we're massive underdogs. So, yeah, it all felt part of the story, really. Okay. All right. We, we better come back after a quick break. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. From behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Good evening, my loyal subjects. One has been asked to make an announcement on behalf of those lovely chaps at Ultimate Five Aside, so listen to Queenie. Here goes. After playing five-a-side football for ten years, the ultimate five-a-side chaps were frustrated with poor venues, referees, and increasing match fees, so they decided to set up a league of their own. Their first league was voted the best five-a-side in London. Ooh! They offer great value and an engaging website where each player has their own profile web page with all their stats including a tally of assists. So if you or your team are looking to join an Ultimate Five-A-Side League, search for Ultimate Five-A-Side online or email info at ultimatefiveaside.com. That is all. Queenie out. And we're back after the break. Uh, just before we went, um, Luke, we were talking about Pear being being man of the match. And I don't know if you saw that interview post game. I assume you did on TV where you had Sanchez and Pear standing next to each other. I don't know if there's been a greater image to come out of our, our yeah, club yeah, yeah, in yeah. ages. It, it was incredible. But th- those were probably the two you'd, again, you have to pick. You know, Sanchez yeah. a bit busy leading the team at the front. Um, what did you make of that uh, that goal at the start? Because Everyone, a lot of people around me was because it was down the other end to where we were salvages. The Arsenal man's behind the goal. People went, you know, delirious around me, and I'd immediately seen the flag. But then, as soon as the referee went over to the linesman, I thought there's a goal here because he's, he can only go over to have a conversation to address what the referee. And if he's not flagged for handball and it's only the offside, well, the referee's seen what's happened and he's judged it not to be offside. So I thought, you know, quite quickly we might be in contention. But were you like leaping up and then down, and or were you? No, you I, I didn't leap it? up at, at the start because. It just the players, it the Chelsea right. players stopped. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh well, it's not goal then." And then, and then, you know, Danny Murphy was going, "It's a goal! It's a goal! It's, it's definitely a goal!" And so as soon as like 
that I thought, but I was like, was a handball. <laughs> so like, so I kept, with two hands, probably. Yeah, and I was like, but the, I was like, surely they're going to give it for that. But then, like you were saying, I think once they go over, they can only be discussing the offside. And you could see that it wasn't offside. I know there's an argument that Ramsey moved towards the ball. Yeah, I think quite, quite a strong argument. Probably. I think I think if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be furious. Yeah. So you know, if you look at it like that, then then it probably wasn't a goal. But you know, it was. I obviously went delirious as soon as they uh, since they gave it as a goal. And and how did you celebrate then? We've won the FA Cup. We've looped up with you. Immediately, what was your post-match celebration? Luke? Just was it quite? Was it, were you drained from the whole thing? It was hammered, you know. It was hammered. Quite, yeah, it's hammered with my mate and had a barbecue. <laughs> no, it was. Well, it was. It was brilliant. You know, it was elation. And I, I sort of, I think with days like that, you need to sort of forget all the stuff, all the worry, all the the crap performance at Palace. You need to forget all that stuff and just enjoy the moment. That's why I love football, you know. And and, and so I, I just, I, I, there wasn't enough interviews I could watch, enough yeah. articles I could read. I, I love. I don't know what you thought, Boyd. I found it strange just being there in the stadium, how a lot of people seemed to go before the players left the pitch. It seemed, it seemed like an yeah. odd way of thinking yeah. about it. Like, I couldn't it, be there long really enough. Weird. I was happy to stay an hour yeah. of being one of the last people oh, out. God, yeah. And yet, yeah. I don't know if it was it around I, you as I well, people where... seemed to just drift away. Yes, no, same. Yeah, I, was, I think it seemed to the younger people, the younger fans. I, I wondered almost whether they knew. Like, you know, they were too young to know that there's this massive celebration at the end that goes on for hours when everyone goes around the pitch and... Yeah, no, I was I was mystified that some people left like that. Yeah, that was that was very strange, especially because like the you know the Chelsea had emptied in about ten seconds, so yeah. it wasn't like you know I mean, it does take a long time to get home from Wembley, but there was no, but that was I thought the celebrations were great. You know, they they were absolutely just something. It, the whole thing was was a joy, and I think it, it's a reminder that because there were a lot of people, we had a great group of people around us as well um, near me and Dermot, just like all ages, like some really veteran supporters and like kids and this and the other can i just say as well i wanted to say loads of people came up to us to say how much they love this podcast so i have to thank them one woman before we got in the ground dermad is taking me there's eight different policemen and policemen who were there who love him and then this woman came up to me and said i love the podcast so much it's brilliant we had a 12 hour car journey the other weekend and they spent the whole thing listening to old podcasts old publicity off the podcast how i mean you know she's a hero i've forgotten her name she told me her name i've completely forgotten it but if she's listening she's oh, absolutely that's hero. a shout she's out to her that's so nice luke you yeah big shout out to her i was just i was gonna add <laughs> I was just going to add as well, what, what's great about, um, you know, things like Instagram and stuff. They have uh, Instagram stories and all the players, yeah. you know, like back in the day, you know, 2002 and all, you know, the sort of the, the, the earlier years under Wenger when, the, you, you know, you sort of got about as much as you could find the odd bit of celebrating and stuff. But this, you were seeing it up to date. You were seeing, and it sort of felt like you were there when like Sanchez is recording videos with him and Ozil. And I just, I absolutely love all that. Yeah. And and, and Cazola yeah. was grabbing a camera from yeah, behind the goal yeah, yeah, yeah. and busy being photographer. Yeah. And then like some of the players were directing the club photographer about where to take pictures and like turn around. I want the fans right behind me and I'll mm-hmm. face you and the fans will be behind me. Yeah, it was a, a lot of um, choreography. I mean, but, but an absolute PR dream out, right? I mean, you, you can't get enough. I mean, you're, you're in the PR world. That is, that is, you've got to maximise that half an hour on the pitch because that is, you know, dream content, especially after a season like we've had. Well, it's brilliant. And also, I, you know, the fans leaving. I, I, mean, I remember the days when the losing team would stay and give a, you know, a round of applause. And you, uh, this, this is no word of a lie. I, I, going back to, what, 93 maybe? Imagine how far the Sheffield Wednesday fans had travelled that night. We beat them in a replay. Yep. 
and they still stayed and Arsenal did the first half of their lap of honour at that end of the stadium to be clapped by the losing yeah, team's fans yeah. and then came up to celebrate yeah. at our end. That's absolutely unthinkable yeah. these days. And that was two London clubs on incredible. a Saturday afternoon. Um, <laughs> that, but was, that was my first Arsenal game. Was that, that, that May, was your first? May 1993, the replay, the replay wow. got taken. Um, my f- I'm a glory hunter. My first game <laughs> was an FA Cup final victory. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll retire on my last but, game. Yeah, being the, the, the best picture for me is Rob Holding facing the fans. Yeah, yeah, what well, yeah. do you see what Oxford was so cute and I know you're a fan Boyd even though he did palm you off once uh, I know you're a massive <laughs> fan he, he yeah. said to, in his interview after the game with Arsenal's in-house media he was standing next to Holding and he went he doesn't even know what he's done mm. he doesn't know what he's done today he's been that good mm. and there was something yeah. almost like yeah. the innocence of youth and here is the guy who started the season alongside Callum Chambers in a in a defeat that you know ultimately w- was incredibly costly in our, our league season, but you know looked absolutely the part by you know nine months later yeah. in May, and you know he he surely is you know in contention to potentially be you know, a pretty a regular next season or, or something oh, uh, along those lines. It's I, like, I didn't I, Ian Wright say something like he was his new best player or second best player ever after Dennis Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, he like did. That. That's <laughs> high people, I mean, Alan, Alan, I'm sure will point out any second now we're all being carried away, you know, and <laughs> good performances, which is obviously true. Well, let's but have. I what, do think, what price are we for the title next year? Out, we drifted out to fourteen to one off the back of the two-year announcement. We drifted oh, on the we back were 12 to 1 with the hint of someone new coming in that might be capable of winning the league when it was announced that we've got someone that obviously can't yet you expected we've drifted no out to, to 14 and yet to there was still a drift yeah because there was that, that, that minor minor element of the price built in that we could have got someone amazing in well there's a moment to flatten the mood <laughs> if you needed one is 14 to 1 about as big as we've been under Arson? Yeah, yeah it's the first time we've ever been six favourites in the last um, I would say well, behind United, I'm going to go yeah but if you think about the fact that we've been a mainstay in the top division for, for you know years and years yeah. and years forever basically I think since the odds have ever been published I think this is probably about the furthest down the pecking order we've we've been barring you know years in uh, sort of 60s 70s uh, where we'd have been sort of 7th or 8th maybe is this uh, even with our yeah. site go on Boyder and yet in the announcement today, um, Wenger and Gazidis both said that our main priority now is to challenge for the league. So, I mean, what, what do the bookies know? You know I don't Gazidis get the now in both... that statement, though. Shouldn't well, it have it's always got, been yeah, I mean, it's a telltale. Shouldn't it have always well, been Apparently not. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's de- definitely... Uh, um, you know, a bit of concern to the word now, but um, we, we've made signings already. Have you seen? Have you seen this, guys? We've, we've signed the new Henri. Uh, was it? Was it exciting? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and we, and we, I don't know how much you've been following the Belgium Belgium league this year, out, but I believe he's the, the top scorer um, with twenty goals at KS Upen. I'm not sure about my pronunciation. I know Anders won the league because we sponsor them, but I, I don't know about this guy. No. I, I did what sort of football fans do. I don't know if you went on YouTube. Did yeah. you go, Luke? I yep. know you like this sort of thing. Yeah. Went on, watched like his goals this season. Well, he's going to win us the league, obviously. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you make of his YouTube? I sort of, the, the bits I saw just looked like, you know, very good at sort of running in behind, quick. 
But with, I mean, this is the problem. Six point eight million. It's just almost on price. People are already going to judge that. But then again, two million on holding. It probably turned out a lot better than a lot of our signings of late. So maybe we shouldn't get too despondent. I, th- I think with YouTube and stuff. <laughs> now that is getting carried away. Yeah, yeah. But I think with YouTube and stuff, it's like we looked at Perez when he came in, and his YouTube clips were amazing. I'm and it's pretty not that he's sure been no bad. players got a. Yeah. This is the worst this the player gaffed. can be. Yeah. YouTube. There's some John Terry ones you can find. Yeah. But um, well, unless you're a, yeah, yeah. a shocking Sabotage. individual and people want to do that for you but yeah, yeah exactly so it's obviously his best bits you know there's YouTube clips of me where I'm doing but my to, best bits to be fair to be top scorer in you know I'm not saying it's not you know one of the top divisions around Europe but there's something in that to be top, top scorer 7th or 8th best league in Europe yeah, yeah. So, there's something in that so um, we, we, we can but hope and you mentioned Perez there and the, the quotes coming out in the last couple of hours from his agent supposedly would, would definitely support the argument that he's off he, he sort of said oh, really? that, the, that he the club are aware that he is you know unhappy and is ready for a new challenge so I suspect he'll be one of the people not returning to, to London Colney for training next well, year. Well, can I ask about Paris? Because I, I, you re, I read different things, and you guys might know better than me, but there's talk of it sort of it wasn't Wenger signing at all. He didn't want it. Yep. It was sort of brought in under his nose. What, what is the truth in Someone that? said that about Xhaka, and that's why Xhaka wasn't in the team. I mean, how many... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been said quite a lot in the last two years with a few of the fringe signings, that they weren't actually Wenger players. They were signed off the back of the new... Um, stat system that we use which is an extended version of Opta and I believe that a couple of our latest signings have been based on those stats and I'm wondering if uh, I'm wondering if that has been has been imposed on Wenger but from a club point of view there is no point if ultimately Wenger clearly has the control he has there's no point giving him players he doesn't want if they're going to only be no but I've definitely heard the rumours that Luke has that, that, that players in recent years have been forced upon him um, the the, well, the, the Paris, Paris one, one is ridiculous because they, I, I, I'm not going to get as carried away as I think it was. Was it Jock AFC was on here before and he was saying like, oh, he's he's outstanding. Well, I don't think you can say he's outstanding. He's been he's been as good as he can be in the the few games that he's had for us, and there's potential there. And I'd like to see more of him, but. Uh, it does seem odd. He's, it performed, really does he's, seem he's, odd. he's performed as well as Janssen as well as he has for, for, for Tottenham, if not slightly better than Janssen has. So, you know, and he, he's cost less than that. But the point is, is that we needed... Oh God, I can't believe we're going to talk about it again. But it's like we needed a, a proper striker. I know we ended up having Alexis. He sort of solved that problem. But that we needed a proper striker that, that wasn't injured, that was going to, to, to play. And Perez obviously was never going to be that. No, and now we're not in the Champions League. So this is the the thing that annoys me is that people they go, oh, you know, Wenger's got all this money to spend, and oh, but is it going to be hard to attract the players? It's like we have this conversation every year, but now, like, seriously, I mean, how are we going to attract the players? Yeah, I mean, the one thing about being in the Champions League, not being in the Champions, the one thing that Saturday proved for me is you, you always have this argument about would you rather get in the Champions League or go to Wembley and win an FA Cup and come fifth? And I, I think. You know what? There's not. I don't feel even a question. The excitement we had on Saturday. We will probably not remember the difference between the 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 Champions League campaigns in 10 years' time. We will not be able to remember which year we lost 5-1, or which year was Monaco, or which year was the which Barcelona. But we will always, always remember that moment on Saturday when we went and beat the champions as underdogs and we were brilliant and outstanding and Pear played his game of the season I think you've put the wrong hook on those things though because the, the hook to the Champions League is the performance in the league table mm. and that's and that's what's been lacking this season so the, the the qualification for the Champions League is what you get for performing well in the league yeah 
And I'll remember that this year we didn't perform as well as we should well, have done. Or look, could have done in the I agree. League. You'll remember this year because because it, it'll be the easiest one to remember. It'll be the first time that but it's we, nothing we weren't to do with fourth, having Champions League football or, or not. Because in reality, it actually came down to the fact that because the sides outside the top eight were so poor, mm. everyone got a decent points total at the top. And in recent years. Um, this probably would have been enough to sneak into fourth place. If not better it than It wasn't fourth. because yeah. of how badly the, the teams towards the bottom performed. Boydo, I, I hope you're still there. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we're delighted you're back, Boydo. I was, I was momentarily concerned about your, your, your departure. And, and talking about departures, we mentioned there about how uh, Perez might be off. But, I mean, uh, do you expect others? Because, you know, even question marks, like we seem to have every year, like Theo, Gibbs... Are they all going to be back with Ozil or Sanchez? I mean, who, just right now predicting, who do you think is not going to be there by the time we do our first pod the week before next season? We might have to throw that question over to you, Al, briefly, while we, we try and get Boydo back. Well, the back page of the Times today says it's Ozil and Sanchez, mm. which will be... Um, <laughs> I mean, how are we going to cope with that? Mm. But I think that I'll, I'll have a fair enough judgment on the way the statement from today has mm. gone based on all the things that they need to put right and they've outlined it just in a couple of lines in the statement today saying that you know there'll be a root and branch um, investigation I've not read the as to what's gone wrong it, yeah. so pretty much you know we're, we're focused on the Premier League and everything will put right behind the scenes so we don't know what was wrong behind the scenes but mm. if Ozil and Sanchez leave that's a very much an upfront this is going to be difficult but I think I'll base mine on the fact that if there are those Deadwood players, um, like, I, I mean, look, Carl Jenkinson is someone I've given lots of stick to on this podcast, but there's no way for me that that guy should reach September the 2nd, 2017, registered as an Arsenal player. Something would have gone spectacularly wrong if he's still registered. And it will also mean that they haven't done what they've said within the statement, and that's to clear out the Deadwood and to make sure that everyone else um, is focused on doing things right. And we were sitting here talking about if a new manager came in and, and how many passes you'd have to give to other players. Well, Aaron Ramsey is someone, again, that has performed well, sort of, I want to say in spite of Arsene Wenger, because he's, he's found a position out of nowhere that's given him a, a, another, what was near enough a man in the match performance if you don't sort of focus on Per and, and Sanchez at the weekend. Yet, I'm still someone that, that, that thinks there's doubts over him. I think, you know, well, well on, the, on, on the Ramsey point, I think, you know, Wenger talked, that, that interview that Wenger did with Henri, he sort of talked about how it was it, Ramsey, and maybe it is by accident, but Ramsey now has a position where he can join the box, he can join in the play into the box yeah. because Jack is behind him. And that's quite exciting because that's, that's how he plays great for Wales and that's how he played great for us in, when it was it 2014 when he had that great season, mm. when he could come and join Giroud. <laughs> half season. And, half season. <laughs> but, you know, and I, and I think as far as getting rid of players, um, it's it, it, this is when you, people talk about sort of how much money Arsenal have spent in, in, and, and what's the old net spend. And when you look at teams like, you know, Chelsea, they, they do so well with selling their players. And I know we talk about bringing players in, but they've done so well with the players they've sold for massive amounts of money over the two, three years with like even getting 50 million for David Luiz. I know they bought him back, but, you know, the Oscar, um, Ramirez. And it's like Arsenal just seem to, their players, you know, why is Debushi still there? 
if he's not if he's never going to play. There was a wonderful photo a few weeks ago at the Arsenal Foundation Ball where all the players clearly it must be part of their contracts have to turn up for the, for that one event of the year. She was like the end of the row, the most moody face in the room, just clearly just did not want to be there. And I th- I'm just imagining like in that room, you've probably got a load of people do- donating really good money to support important co- causes and you've got to put a player on each table. I'm just wondering, the people that got... <laughs> you must have had to put Debussy with someone else. Yeah. He yeah. kind of just let Debussy take a whole table to himself. Um, there were, there, I saw a lot of good photos. There was um, Lauren who came on the, the podcast. Your, your friend, she was... Uh, yeah. She was at, who was on her table? Was uh, well, her mum was with Carl Jenkinson so, uh, in one of the pictures, so I think it, I think think it might have been was on the table? Carl Jenkinson. Yeah. I bet he's lovely, though. Oh, he I mean, he's the loveliest I, guy. Josh, I've said this time and time again on here. No, no, no. I have I, to back we, we, up. We'll move on. We'll yeah, move no, on. He, he's great with we, the junior yeah. gunners. Are you he's there, great boy, with though? the kids. He really yeah, is. We, we sat with Jenko last year at the, at the same event. Yeah, and he oh, was yes. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you but, yeah, snubbed, snubbed this year for that event, Boyd? Well, I was snubbed. Although one of us did go, um, um, one of my friends did go this year and said that, um, in fact, Alexis was sat there kind of on his mobile phone, not really engaging very much throughout the whole night. So um, that's slightly worrying, yeah. Just, yeah. just on the, the foundation ball, my, my, a mate of mine, Joe Parsons, who uh, his brother works at Arsenal, and um, so Joe was part of the the Jersey Boys tribute act that they that performed, and uh, they were quite uh, a late because um, someone pulled out. I don't know who pulled out, but they got a, you know they were sort of late. A late injury. Well, I don't know what happened, but Wenger spoke to them afterwards and uh, and said to them that they you know they're a late substitution, and he said oh you know they were the best late substitution he's ever seen, and they had like a really nice chat to him and all the players were like getting pictures of them and stuff like that and uh, and you know they're all oh, on Ozil's Instagram story and I was just like this is the, incredible the Jersey Boys people yeah yeah is that what you said yeah yeah you're right because my friend also said he'd never seen Wenger looking so happy <laughs> as when they were seeing, they were on performing he, he loved them yeah it was really bizarre he's clearly a huge fan yeah exactly he was Frankie like in raptures oh yeah. bless him <laughs> well, for yeah, anyway but Luke Luke, you should be hosting this thing next year. You should oh, be. You, know what I got, you should be hosting. I got asked about. So yeah. 2012, when I first came on the scene um, in in comedy, I was just putting YouTube videos up, and I think I think Boyd, me and you spoke very very briefly back then, and um, and I got uh, my, yeah. th- this same my mate Joe's brother said to me, he said, "Oh, would you come and do a set?" Um, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, absolutely!" Um, now it didn't work out because they went with a different sort of. I, I think they had a theme for the dinner, and they changed the theme. Thank God I didn't go. I would have been awful, and I would have been in front of my my heroes. Now I think maybe be in two or three years time I might be ready to do that kind of thing yeah. but I have you, heard you, it is the toughest because Matt Lucas did it this year and, and, yeah, I, Matt I, Lucas did, yeah. and I spoke to Alan Davis before and he said it is the hardest gig you've ever done when you're literally in front of your heroes and the last people you want to die in front of and, and you've got yeah, Alexis Sanchez sat on his thing. phone <laughs> You have got Luke, the you ace the up thing, your sleeve. Though, yeah, this come true. on, come on. You have got the absolute oh, yeah. ace up your sleeve if you ever host. And that. say, look, Alexis, get off your phone now and watch. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're all. This is what we and we, we all need invites uh, when, that, when that day comes. Oh please, we one day we clearly come rely on boys. Arsenal will still be there yeah. even in ten years' time. Yeah, well, no, it's in and out. Sure there was a, there was an amazing inter uh, piece actually in the Guardian today with Tony Adams. I don't know. Did you see any of this? I haven't seen it yet. I, I He's got the event at Wembley tonight. Which um, event? His uh, book launch. Oh, his book, of course. Q&A. Yeah. yeah. So he's got a new book out, which, um, which you know, I'll, I'll definitely be ordering. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a I, look. I would say read it. It's um, we'll put a link out on our, on our Twitter feed. It sort of talks about his. Uh, I think his relationship with Arsenal is the most interesting bit of this. Um, 
of this interview because he sort of talks about his delight and how pleased he is, he is for Arson, but he also talks about how the sort of relationship between the two of them has, has, has soured recently and how effectively Wenger no, no longer replies to his text messages, which is, which is what surprised? it becomes. <laughs> but I think so, to, Tony's sort of line of thought, and I'm trying to desperately find the, the exact quote so I don't misquote him, but it was to sort of say that they, they, there needs to be a change of structure in terms of what they, you know, obviously, well, here he goes. Um, this is Tony talking about Arsenal. He's, he's got a weird relationship with money. He's on 8 million a year, but Arsenal's junior coaches are on 30 grand. Chelsea's coaches are on 90 grand. Why doesn't he take 7 million Arsenal and give them all a rise? It's not like he's using the money to throw lavish parties for his friends because he hasn't got none. He's only got a few guys in France. I feel a bit sorry for him. It's really interesting comments, and I, I think Tony's just sort of trying to sort of always talk about the fact that he no longer is, um, you know, part of the club, and he, you know, wasn't given the, the opportunity maybe he thought. But there is something to be said in there. That yeah. is an interesting angle. What did, do you, do you, I know you haven't had time to look at that, Albert. Any, any thoughts? Well, immediately there, I think he's he's crossing the line, isn't he? And and you talked about the BT Sport interview. It was actually with. Um, you know the Arsene Wenger one mm, where he was mm. talking about it's you know it's disgraceful that people are, are being critical of him and when she when she actually uh, gave, when she took that interview um, she sent me a message afterwards because I know her reasonably well and she said I think you're going to watch this and you, you know you'll feel upset with him and I, and I had to sort of correct her and say you do realise I've never ever called him any name at all I would be completely respectful if I met him I thought the planes were terrible. I thought the banners were terrible. And I didn't hold up signs last season. But I am critical of him. And I think I think even Tony Adams has crossed the line there. I mean, why is he going into friendships and things like that? I, it's I, like he's at school. I, you know, ridiculous. I, 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 I love Tony Adams, but I, I don't like to read that. Because it, like it looks like he's digging a bigger hole for something that is now becoming personal. And... As I've just said then, I've never made this personal and, you know, despite Luke's introduction and uh, Arsene being pleased to meet me, I'd never make it personal. And I think Tony has there. And I think that does relate to the interview that he gave to BT Sport the weekend. I think think Tony is just pure heart. I think he just loves... Arsenal and he is desperate to see it. But do you succeed. agree about and the he, 8 million, he really, sharing the 8 million out um, and, and making sure that the, I don't know, the, the younger coaches are paid well? Well, it is an interesting one, isn't it? When you think about, you know, the multi-million pound organisation Arsenal Football Club is and the idea that we want to progress and be the best at every level yeah. that we would be paying sort of coaches. And, I, and I've heard this from another source. I know that I think the, one of the under 16 or 18 coaches on, I think, 60 grand a year. And look, I'm not here to dismiss a 60 grand, you know, annual salary. But if you look at the context of what that role is supposed to do and the idea that if they, they, they in that role can get one person through to the first team who could be worth... X million. It seems slightly flawed in terms of yeah. the spend. But I think Tony just wants the absolute best for the club. He loves the club so much. There aren't there aren't statues of that many people outside the Emirates, and, and he is one, and, and so rightfully so. But anyway, I only mention that because you know it's it's a summer ahead. It's a time when many of us go on holiday and probably want a book to read. And you know, in no way have we been encouraged to talk about his <laughs> book. Uh, but I love the guy. I've met him a couple of times, and I, you know, I he, he was my absolute hero. So um, I wish him you know every success uh, in the future. 
whether you know, I'm not sure if he's committed to staying in Granada or not. But um, I hope all, all the absolute best for him. I think we've got to draw to a, to a close on what has been a, a fascinating season. The fourth year of doing the podcast with you, Boyd. If you're still yeah. there, um, absolutely. Can you hear me? Yeah, we we absolutely can. Yeah. We've got so many people to thank, uh, so we better not do names. But I need to thank everyone who has come on all season and, and given up sort of their Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday nights to to be with us. Um, next year we're going to have the fun and games of trying to do podcasts often in time that we can get them out before Europa League games and that people have got enough time to to listen to them. But uh, have you got have you got a sign off a reflection on the season, Boyd? Yeah, well first I want to thank you because you the whole thing, you you make the whole thing work. Um and you've, you know, it's it's incredible what the job you do. And to thank all the regulars. Um Alan has been a star, obviously. Yep. And Luke is a legend. Luke Luke Thank you. You know, we need to get Luke to do the whole podcast as us and Venger, I think. Maybe next year. <laughs> we talked about um, that. Yeah, we well now we've got a two year years. window, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but well, I just want to say what Alan said just now was very important actually, went in the middle of that whole Tony Adams thing, because I'm I'm the same. Like I've never, you know, I've been Venger out for a couple of years now, but I've never never been personal. I actually and it, it, when when this announcement happened finally today, you know, after all these ridiculous months of speculation, people are already like the pompous, you know pro Wenger people obsessives are saying oh you know let's all get behind the club now you know it's, it's a done deal you know no more criticism of Wenger you know we've got to stop but I'm like that's, that's not how life works you know we, we, we do I do you know we we back the club we back Arsenal we just have I just happen to think there are people out there who could do a better job of managing the team than he could and that's and I still think that now so my final thing this on this day we'll all remember the day we where we were I was in Grand Canaria when Arsene Wenger it was announced had two more years and you know I'm sure there'll probably be another two years after that I just feel now in the middle it's almost comical to me now how you know how long it's carrying on and now it's all we're doing the same old nonsense from Gizidis about well, this that and the other it's just going to go on and on and now my, my main method of dealing with it was going to be just to take it as a massive joke it's quite funny i think that we're going to face another two years of the same old stuff I know. and i look forward to doing trying to work out how to do this podcast next season without talking the same shit about just the, well, the, the problem is right week week. do you know what the problem is boy that woman who was listening for 12 hours solid won't really know what year it is that she's listening to she could probably be listening to the same podcast a year ago six months ago six yeah. months from now she will be it's, none the wiser will she exactly all right fantastic exactly. well look thank you to luke and to alpha coming in today yes, thank, thank you, you all so much for listening and we appreciate your, your feedback and support um, across the season and come August rain or shine we'll be back for another season of Footballistically Arsenal thank you goodbye this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone managed service team right away call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how if you like this podcast come and join me Mark Webster for the Whistleblowers a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net and it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.